Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. We're going to talk Tua right now and in, in, in all that went down. We'll rewind... Of course, we can go back. We saw the hit that he took or the push he took from Milano, the linebacker for uh, for the uh, the Buffalo Bills in that Bills game where he hit his head down, was evaluated and was cleared and came back and played. And then, of course, on Thursday night, took a, a, a massive hit to the head as well, being tackled by the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and it was just horrific, the video, everything, his hands being uh, you know, taken off the field, going to the hospital. Re- reports were that he did travel back with the team, which is great. But now there's investigation with the NFLPA. Let's listen. Let's listen in. Um, this is uh, this is Chris Nowinski on with Barton Hahn. Where is the sense of urgency of Oh God, if they're wrong, Tua shouldn't be out there, and we've got to step in before he might die on the football field from second impact syndrome. Like the fact that like, there wasn't enough care. Uh, to do that, this tells you, like, the, the system is broken. Their hearts aren't in the right place. And I, um, if you step back, this is exactly what you'd expect from an organization that now accepts that their game causes chronic traumatic encephalopathy in a absurd percentage of NFL players. It's already published as at least 20%. It's probably at least two or three times that we'll find out, and it's probably higher than that. Um, and they are still recruiting our children to the game, a game they know causes a brain disease. So um, with that being said, and, and Kiwi before, because I'm really, really, I'm really curious to get your thoughts here and in, in, in what, what you, obviously your, your own experience and then what you think went wrong here. But this just broke yesterday. The unaffiliated neuro, neurotrauma consultant involved in clearing the Miami Dolphins quarterback to it during the game, uh, last Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills, has been fired. Multiple sources said the firing came after it was found that the consultant made, quote unquote, several mistakes in his evaluation. But also this week we heard, of course, the Miami Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, come out and say that, you know, he would never put two in a situation uh, where, you know, head trauma would be compounded and he considers him not only, you know, his, his, his player, but his friend. And of course, I'm sure you heard the sound bites as well. Uh, your, Your thoughts on how this is all unfolded. I think um, first the comment that Mike McDaniel made speaks to his ignorance of the game and his lack of understanding at the bare minimum, whether or not he is complicit and, um, you know, has, has some culpability in this situation remains to be seen. But if he can say that, if we can watch Tua in the Bills game, you know, stumbling around to Tris try to find his feet and, Then a few days later, not even a full um, normal rest week, a few days later goes back out and is put back in the game. And, you know, let's be clear. I don't think there was anything dirty about the play um, in the Thursday game. I think the the defender did exactly what he's taught to do, hit him around the waist. If the the quarterback doesn't go down, then you bring him down. Didn't There was no head-to-head impact. There was no malicious intent. 
it's just a factor of the game. You cannot eliminate all the head injuries from the game and the whiplash of hitting your head off the turf causes significant damage. CTE is real, right? You know, if, if it wasn't, we would not be in the position that we're in right now discussing so many lives that we have lost. Junior Seau and a number of people have dealt with and fought the, you know, a losing battle against what happens when you have repeated concussions. We all suffer concussions. I've had some, everybody who has played in the NFL and most people who have played in college has, have suffered some. And we know and we understand that it's not just the original uh, concussion that you suffer, but if you do not give your brain time to heal and you go back out there on the field, you're subsequently more likely to suffer another concussion and then um, you know things happen in your brain where there is permanent damage. And nobody sees and understands the permanent damage that has happened other than the children, the like the wives the the parents of these players once they are done playing so for a coach to get up there and say oh yeah no he, he's fine it was just a just a concussion is absolutely ridiculous player safety is you know almost a joke you know when you have a when the bright lights go on and there's a lot of money to be made you see where you actually stand i don't think that people can say that they have your best interests at heart and encourage you to play football at the same time. If you want to be honest, it is not a sport. It is not the best way to make money. It's not the best way to seek, you know, to fame or fortune or whatever it is that you're chasing or accolades or, or anything. A lot of the best lessons that you get taught in football, you know, leadership skills, ability to work well with others, um, you know, accountability, you learn those lessons all the way until high school. Once you get to college, it becomes a job. It is a profession. And you have to understand that the people who are running this business look at you as a commodity. And if they can squeeze a little more juice out of the fruit, they are going to, and they have shown that they're willing to do so. During that broadcast, I heard a lot of shade being thrown, you know, without naming names at Brian Flores. You know, there was a lot of talk about how, you know, having a, a coach who believes in him is, you know, is 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 great now and, and how the team has responded to, to the change. And I can guarantee you one thing. Had Brian Flores been on that sideline, Tua would not have been in that game. And his life would have been impacted, you know, in the short term, maybe in a negative way but in the long term, in a positive way, because coaches who have played the game and who have kept up with our brothers after they leave the game understand that this is a short period in your life and you still have an extremely long life to live, hopefully, and kids to raise and people to be there for and people who are going to count on you. So just trying to get a win because you're the only game that's on that week should not be as important as it was. But we've seen this organization lie time after time, pay fines, you know, suffer suspension. So I'm not surprised 
but I am extremely disappointed. I'm disappointed in, you know, in everybody. And I feel like we're all complicit, myself included, you know, for the fact that we didn't stand up and say, hey, this guy should not be playing and call more attention to the fact that we all witnessed a traumatic brain injury live on television. And then a few days later, we all accepted the fact that, quote unquote, independent doctors, neuroscientists or neurological specialists were clearing him to play. We know that that was BS. We knew that it was BS going into the game. Um, and then you hear about, you know, well, the players have some, you know, have to take some responsibility to say that they can't go. With what tools? What tools? What tools are the players given to analyze their cognitive ability to make an educated decision as to whether or not they can play? That's like asking a, a drunk person, can you drive, right? Like, they don't know. They're not in control of their faculties or in their in their mind. I've been concussed. I have been on the sidelines. I was in Detroit. You know, this is later in my career, and it wasn't a major impact. It was, you know, I go to make. I was playing as a linebacker. I go to make a tackle, and you know, the lineman's knee hits me in the face, and the, the literally the next thing that I remember is waking up on the sidelines. Obviously, you look back on the film, I got up myself and I walked and they they walked me to the sidelines and I sat down and they asked me some questions. Who do we play next week? Who did we play last week? What city are we in? And I literally had to look up in the, the rafters and see, you know, what stadium we're in. And, you know, and I, I got the, you know, the, the question answered from, you know, a teammate of mine as to who we play next week. And, you know, they give you your helmet and you go back in, and you go back in to play. But you're not OK. Under no circumstances was or should I have been allowed back in the game under no circumstances should Tua have been allowed back into the game. And I think the people that that did so uh, are looking at dollar signs. Now, they hire independent um, neurologists to come in, but those independent doctors, we understand, are under a lot of pressure. They do not have the final call. They do not have the final say. So they're offering their uh, medical opinion under a lot of pressure from ownership or from coaching staff or from uh, whoever it may be to get this player back on the field. And I think it was uh, an egregious um, you know, dereliction of duty. Um, I think every coach has a responsibility to protect players, not just from themselves, but from um, you know, making poor decisions with you know, narrow-minded vision you know, short-term vision of what they can do right now. Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to play. Every competitor out there wants to get back in the game and wants to contribute for their team. And I don't think that you can fault a player for wanting to do so. We put, we as players, put our trust in the doctors and the trainers and people who are on the sidelines to give us all the, the pertinent information. You know, if you're over 30 in the league and you go to your, your your trainer and you say, hey, my Achilles feels tight, they're going to shut you down immediately because they understand a tight Achilles on a 30 year old is likely to rupture and that's going to cost us a lot of money. But if you say you have head injury and there's a big game coming up, we're still going to allow him to play. I think it's 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 absolutely BS. Um, I think there needs to be a lot of accountability and we need to look at the integrity of the people who are making these decisions. He is Matthias Kiwanuka. We come back. We'll hear from Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. What did he 
say? What, how did he express the decisions that the Dolphins made? Uh, we will play those clips for you. We've got a ton of calls, folks wanting to chime in on this topic, so we'll take your calls next. Again, if you're just tuning in, we are less than... Well, less than 15 minutes away, 12 minutes away from kickoff for, of course, the Saints and the Vikings. And Alvin Kamara is inactive. So if you have Alvin Kamara on your fantasy team, you need to get him off and uh, on your bench and, uh, and substitute him for somebody else. That game kicking off, like I said, in about 12 minutes. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 90.7 ESPN. He is Matthias Kiwanuka. I'm Anita Marks. We'll come back. We'll take your calls here on 90.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Uh, let's listen in uh, more in, in regard to uh, what transpired and his relationship with Tua. I don't think that his an injury from last week made him fall the same way this week. I do not have any absolutely zero patience for or will ever put a put a, a player in a position to, for them to be in harm's way. That is like not what I'm about at all and no outcome of a game would ever influence me being irresponsible as the head coach of the football team. I hear what he's saying. But, I mean, you know, the eye doesn't lie. How could he not look at that video in regards to what happened in the Bills game and not not be concerned, right? Like, it just doesn't make sense, Kiwi. If, he, if he's fortunate enough to stay around this game um, for over a decade or more and he has to sit and have conversations with – his former players after they leave the game, I guarantee you he'll look back at these comments and cringe and he will apologize because he'll say he just didn't know or he didn't understand. Once you cross out of the game and you become a retired player and you see the devastation that comes about to people's bodies and their families from playing this game, then you have a much better understanding of what it actually takes, what kind of commitment these guys are actually given. I don't think that a young coach or somebody who's never played at this high of a level um, and has never suffered or endured the amount of punishment. It used to be, it used to be a joke. You know, OC used to always say, you know, coaches, coaches want you to hit, right? But it's easy to be tough with somebody else's body. 
if that were my son out there, I I have an eight-year-old son. I have a 10-year-old daughter. I have an eight-year-old son. My son plays flag football. He's not hitting right now yet either. But I, I would be pissed. You know, if that was my son and he threw him back out there, that he would see me personally in his office and they would have to escort me out of that building with security. Uh, let's listen in. This is D. Smith, uh, who, of course, uh, oversees the NFLPA on what happened to Tua. I think that we have made tremendous strides over the last few years. Things that, I mean, look, all of us have seen players helping players off the field. We've seen players taking another player's helmet. By the way, we've seen the majority of team doctors and unaffiliated doctors do a great job taking a person off the field and and applying the protocols. So this isn't a question of whether the protocols work or not. Every box can be checked. Every protocol can be enacted. What concerns me and what we will be looking at is whether the doctors in this case treated this young man like a patient. And what concerns me is any indication that they did not. Again, that's D. Smith. Um, by the way, we, we, I had Armando Salguero who covers the dolphins on my show yesterday and, 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 you know, pretty much cliff notes version in regard to our conversation was it wasn't just the dolphin doctors that uh, cleared Tua, but it was this independent neuro representative who now hence has, has been fired um, and it was just a bad series, pretty much what the conversation was. It, it, it's just optics. It's a bad look for the Dolphins that the two incidents uh, don't coincide with one another. I don't necessarily agree with that, Kiwi. Okay, what, but that was the conversation I was having with, with Armando. What don't you agree with specifically? Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I understand. I understand what's coming out of the Dolphins. You know, the doctors examined him. He was playing the ukulele with Ryan Fitzpatrick before the game on Thursday night. Um, You know, there was no signs of, listen, you and I both had concussions. I shared this, like, you're in a fog all day. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to come home. I want my apartment dark. I don't want my phone on. I want to sleep. I want to lay down. You have a headache. Um, you're, I, you can't remember stuff. I have to write down, did my dogs do number one or number two when I took them out? When, when was the last time I took them out? I have to write down where I parked my car. I have to leave my keys by the door because you like, those are the signs of, of an, of a concussion. He had none of that. The week leading into, or not even the week, the four days leading into the Thursday night game. He, he, he experienced none of that. Okay. So, but again, I, I don't know how you can't, you know, everybody handles concussions differently, right? Like, I don't know how you don't look at that, that Buffalo game and how his head came down and hit, hit the ground and, and not say, you know what, it's only four days. We need to be, we need to have better, better precaution here. Right. It was deemed as a head injury and then it was revised and deemed as a, a spinal um, injury. Right. So what that tells me is that there is, there was pressure put on this individual who has now been scapegoated, in my opinion, um, you know, to get to a back out there on the field. And I've said this a lot, you know, one of the, the, the best things about playing for the giants is Ronnie Barnes. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Barnes just went into the ring of honor and I, I, they, they sent the email out saying he was just going in and I was like, wow, it's about time. like, I couldn't believe that he wasn't already in. Right. Um, when you talk 
to other players. I only play for the Giants. I played nine years. I only play for the Giants. But when you talk to other players and you hear how their injuries have been handled, how when you hear how they have been mistreated, it is unfathomable to believe that, you know, we get up here and we or the NFL gets up there and talks about player safety and, and really wanting it. The Giants and Ronnie Barnes specifically, not just the Giants, Ronnie Barnes, because he, he is independent. I think he's at he's one of the only train or head trainers who is at the president level. He answers to um, not the coach, but he answers only to ownership. And he makes decisions, in my opinion, solely based on what is best for the player. He has saved me and a number of players from ourselves and he does it without fail. And the rest of the staff, um, Lee Weiss now is, 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 you know, moving up in the ranks. They have still kept that same mentality. So I appreciate and respect the fact that I played for an organization, in my opinion, that would not put a player in the situation. But I also understand that there are 31 other teams out there and not every head trainer has the same pull that that Ronnie does. So there's an immense amount of pressure from the person who's signing your check to get these players back out there on the field. You know, if we want to go deep into, you know, text messages or, or, or whatever it is, I guarantee you're going to find that pressure was put on this individual to get him back on the field. And now his name or her name is going to be drugged through the mug um, because of a decision that they were, they were pressured. In my opinion, I, there's, there's no doubt that they were pressured to, to clear him, to get him back on the field, even after the original diagnosis was that there was a traumatic brain injury, then it got revised and it became a spinal um, injury. And that's what allowed uh, Tua to be back out there. And, you know, you could say like his decision-making skills were obviously compromised, you know, to, to, you know, to be, to be in that position, he should have just gone down or, you know, maybe he should have said that he wasn't good enough to play. Going back to last night, what tools, what tools do you give to an individual to say, hey, if you see this, if this is happening, then you're then you're not ready to play. And keep in mind that this is the same NFL that um, just admitted to uh, race norming. Right. So the players who were uh, suing the NFL or you know trying to get compensation for head injuries, it was found out that um, there was pressure put on those independent doctors, those neurologists to use race norming, which means that black players or players of color were discriminated against, you know, and unable to collect their benefits because the thought was that they started out with a lower cognitive ability than their count their white counterparts and therefore would not qualify for uh, these benefits, which can be upwards of $600,000. That should tell you enough right there. The way that they treated him on the field and the way that they treat these former players after they leave. I, I enjoyed my time in the NFL. I feel like I was fortunate to play, you know, in an organization that operates under, you know, some, some strict guidelines and has integrity. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. But um, better than um, a lot of the other teams that, that are in the NFL right now. And I just, I just go back, you know, if, if that were my son, there's no way that I would accept or allow him to be out there playing, knowing what I know about concussions, knowing what I personally have gone through and knowing what I have seen um, in other retired players. It's not just about what happens during this short period of time while you're playing. You have a long life to live, hopefully, afterwards, and there are levels to this. Right. So not every player is going to be 
um, so debilitated that they, you know, end up taking their lives. But everybody is affected negatively from head injuries and everybody's family is subsequently affected negatively from head injuries. So a young coach like Mike McDaniel getting up there and talking and saying what he said to me, it just it just it reeks of, of ignorance and uh, blatant disregard, disrespect and and just, uh, you know, dereliction of duty. There is an obligation to protect the players when they play for you. And he did not do that. He is Matthias Kiwanuka and passionate um, as ever and rightfully so. This portion of the show brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for business Moving forward together, EisnerAmper.com. Also brought to you by FW Webb and Wheel McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100 plus locations for unparalleled Wheel McLean inventory. Visit FWWeb.com to find out convenient location near you. Um, also brought to you by Stoli Elite Ultra Premium Vodka. Enjoy Stoli Elite responsibly. Um, and low price heating oil. That's right, 24 hour service. Call 1 800 oil deal right now and see how much you can save this winter on heating oil with Slomans. That's 866 oil deal. We were scheduled to have Rich Samini join us at 9 30, but we have a, a plethora of calls and a number of people who want to chime in on the Tua situation. So uh, we'll come back. We'll take as many calls as we can. And Rich Samini is going to join us at 9 45. We're just pushing him back about 10 minutes. So sit tight. We'll get your calls and we'll hear from Rich this hour as well before we bring in Mike Tannenbaum at the top of the hour at 10 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Listen, again, Kiwi, I must have had, I don't know, probably five, six concussions uh, in my lifetime with the sports that I've played. You know, yeah, I- I'm going to sound the same, but am I going to feel the same? Nope. No. It doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. Stupidest comment ever. <laughs> just, no, I, just, I, 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 don't, I don't buy it at all. It, it's like gaslighting to the 10th degree, you know, trying to uh, provide some kind of emotion behind it, but behind closed doors, it, it, I know what goes on. That's not, that's not how he really feels. It didn't come across as genuine at all. And at the least, if it, if that was genuine, then he's extremely ignorant of the, the long-term effects of concussions. And he needs to um, go visit, go visit some of these players who have played for nine, 10 plus years and who have suffered a lot of concussions and, and watch and talk to their families, talk to their, their wives and their children and see how they actually um, are conducting themselves throughout their life. You talked about having to leave your keys in a certain place and having to remember certain things and, and write things down. That's a permanent situation for the majority of people. Once you leave the league. By the way, this portion of the show brought to you by FW Webb and Wheel McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's plus 100 plus locations for unparalleled Wheel McLean inventory. Visit fwweb.com and find out a convenient location near you. 
Also brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for business moving forward together. EisnerAmper.com. And, uh, and also, remember, Bud Light. When you open a crisp, cold Bud Light, you know game day is here. So make sure you enjoy responsibly. With that being said, uh, let's go to our calls. We've got um, a number of folks who want to chime in. And so let's kick it off with Monty in New Jersey. Monty, welcome in. Hi, Nita. How are you? Um, I just want to make a couple um, um, observations. Uh, I think everything Kiwi said, I have a cousin that played for the Jets for about 10 years. He's a cornerback, and uh, a lot of people probably know him. I won't say his name. And he's suffering from some stuff. Uh, you know, he's arguing with his wife every day, and, you know, he doesn't remember things. Uh, he doesn't remember what people, you know, family will come to visit, and then, you know, next week he doesn't even remember that they were there. You know, he'll say stuff like, oh, I haven't seen him in a long time. You know, he looks fine, but, uh, you know, he's definitely suffering from those uh, those type of ailments. Um, but as far as two is concerned, um, uh, you know, I learned that my first comment was, you know, I I didn't like the way he gets slung around, and, and, and uh, you know, and I looked at his body uh, in the tunnel, and I looked at his arms, and I and I, I, I immediately said, this guy working out, you know, because um, you know he's getting slung around like a rag doll, and he doesn't look. You know, very uh, a, a, a physical specimen. Well, I know that has nothing to do with that. That does have something to do with you know him being able to protect himself. But I know that doesn't have anything to do with the situation at hand. And then when you guys said that um, you know the Miami Dolphins and they're, they're complicit in these actions, and I and I looked up his contract. He got nineteen million dollars signing bonus, thirty million dollar contract, and I thought to myself, wow, you know the pressure that this guy is under. You know, he's already pretty much rich for all of, for most people's account. To go back on the field, and he's supposed to be a religious man, and then he would even go along with a lie. To yeah, I mean, Monty, this right. is this is getting this is getting into territory. I appreciate the phone call, and 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 appreciate you sharing with us. But you know, his whether or not he works out, his religious beliefs. This is this is going places I I don't want to touch on. Uh, let's go to Emmanuel in Flushing. Emmanuel, welcome in. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Good morning. Good. Um, listen, I, I appreciate y'all your 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 passionate response on what's going on with the two situation. Um, I mean, I want to ask guys two questions. Number one, if you were his teammate, what was what was what are you gonna have? Um, what were you you're gonna say, or what are you gonna, how are you gonna uh, deal with it? And also, number two, do you feel, do you think that the league should be investigating what uh, the what the Dolphins have been doing? Not uh, besides, you know, listen, this threat should be investigating the Dolphins because this team has nothing but trouble. Because I'll, I mean, this thing, this team has been been through scandals after scandals, like dating back to the Richie Incognito, got the Martin Ball situation, the Brian Flores, and then of course try to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Emmanuel, you know, and and I understand what you're saying. Miami Dolphins, not definitely not living their best life right now. Um, You know, but those investigations are over. I I, I know that there's still, um, you know, legal ramifications with Brian Flores and in what's happening. But uh, but nonetheless, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the NFLPA is is investigating this. And, and I would imagine that even though the outside entity neuro consultant has been fired 
and maybe he is the the the, the sacrificial lamb in all of this. We will find out. But I think more I, I think more will be revealed. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We got Rich Samini who's going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to circle back, start talking about our local teams as the Jets and Zach Wilson get ready for his season debut against the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, um, Dalvin Cook touchdown for the Minnesota Vikings. They're up seven nothing right now with eight minutes left in the first quarter. More to come. 90.7 ESPN. New York game day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. And so we're waiting uh, to get Rich Samini on the line. Unfortunately, he's stuck in, in a little bit of traffic. Uh, so, uh, and, and he's in Pittsburgh, so he needs to find his way. So as soon as we get Rich on, we will bring him on instantaneously. So, and we'll get the latest in regard to the Jets. Uh, really quick a mistake on my part, and I apologize for all you fantasy football freaks out there because Dalvin Cook did not score the touchdown. It was Alexander Madison who scored the touchdown. So where are the stats right now? Kirk Cousins, 7 of 9 for 67 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown pass was to Alexander Madison. It was a 1-yard, 15-yard touchdown pass. Justin Jefferson, 2 receptions for 17 yards. Irv Smith, 2 receptions for 16 yards. And uh, Dalvin Cook, 3 carries for 7 yards. Madison has one carry for zero yards. So it's not like Dalvin Cook is not playing because, again, coming in, we had some concerns because of his shoulder injury. Uh, But it's just, uh, unfortunately, for Dalvin Cook fantasy folks, uh, Madison was the recipient of the touchdown pass. While we're waiting for uh, for Rich, let's continue with our calls, Kiwi. Okay? 800-919-3776. Let's go to Goldie in New Jersey. Goldie, you're up. Welcome in. And what's up, guys? Uh, you guys make a great team, by the way. Uh, Kiwi, your voice is smooth, uh, very radio-like. It, I love it. But uh, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I'm a chiropractor, so it gives me a little bit of authority to discuss these things. I was incensed when I saw what happened to Tua because um, the, the NFL has a major problem, and it's the, the reverberating effects of concussions. To have an optic like that, I'm taking it away from the Dolphins. This is an NFL issue. They should have a head doctor watching these games and seeing if someone looks like their belt is run like that. That's the time when you show, educate the audience, this is the protocol we take. Go extra hard in showing how good they are at, at dealing with potential concussions. That was scary. And then to see his fingers like that the next time, it is even scarier. And I'm sorry for babbling, but I have one more thing to say. Um, sometimes athletes have ankle injuries, and then they heal, and then they get a knee injury. It's a biomechanical thing. One area is weakened, creating problems elsewhere. It's a chiropractic thing. It's a medical thing. His brain was banged against, uh, for, for you know, not to get scientific, against his head. That weakened his decision-making process for anything moving forward. So this has got to be out of Dua's hands. I don't care if he looked good. This is absolute nonsense. And someone is in a lot of trouble and will be in more trouble. Goldie, thank, thank you thank you for the phone call and thank you for the compliments. I appreciate it. But we do have Rich Samini who's joining us now. I'm excited to get him on. Of course, does a phenomenal job covering the Jets and also has a phenomenal podcast called Flight Deck. He's in uh, in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, first thing, in, first, Rich, and, and that is we heard from Lafleur just a second ago how Zach has looked at practice. Your thoughts, the excitement about Zach and his season debut. What are your expectations for him today? 
Well, you know, Anita, we, of course, we don't watch practice. We're not allowed. But uh, from what I've been told, it wasn't a great week for him in practice. There were some uh, some up and down moments, some shaky moments on Wednesday in particular, which you would expect. I mean, it's rusty. He hadn't practiced in uh, six or seven weeks. And today will be 51 days since his last game action. So I don't care how experienced or unexperienced you are. I mean, you're not, you just can't come out after three practices and be ready to play an NFL game after missing that much time. So I expect him to have some rough moments today. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. They're going to have to work through it and hope that they can do enough stuff around him to compensate for that. What are, what are the expectations coming from the team? How, how is he received? Is this their guy? Do you feel as though uh, the team was ready for him to come back in? Or is this just business as usual? Was there, an enthusi- was, was there increased enthusiasm from the fact that he's coming back into play? Yeah, you sensed uh, some spark in the locker room. Uh, you know, I think the players really have a, a high respect for Joe Flacco. I think, uh, I think they do. I think there's, you know, a great amount of appreciation for his experience, but everybody knows what the situation here is. Zach Wilson is the quarterback of the present and, you know, the Jets hope for the long-term future. So no one was shocked by the decision to go back to Wilson. I mean, had Flacco played really well and they beat the Bengals, you know, maybe there'd be some quarterback controversy in the locker room, but everyone kind of understood the situation. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN and our Jets injury report brought to you by Total Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine. With that being said, um, you know, talk about the injuries to the offensive line and, and what that's going to look like today for Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, tough situation. So obviously, uh, Connor McDermott is expected to start at left tackle for George Fant, who's on injured reserve. Now, the Jets are saying that they have a lot of faith in McDermott. It, it's his seventh career start, so it's not exactly a rookie out there. But he is, uh, over the last, you know, since the beginning of last season, he's allowed seven sacks and something like 70 pass blocking attempts, which is the worst ratio of any player in the NFL. So he's had some serious hiccups when he's been in there. I don't think left tackle is his best position. I frankly think he's a a natural right tackle or even a guard so he's going to be playing in a very difficult spot today and all I can tell you is the Jets are very thankful that T.J. Watt is not playing for the Steelers because the Steelers are a totally different defense when T.J. Watt's in the game the Steelers are actually 0-6 whenever T.J. Watt is not playing going back to Watt's rookie year in 2017 so uh, the Jets are fortunate but with that they're obviously going to have to give McDermott some help you know, a tight end, they're going to have to chip with a running back because uh, he can't do it alone. Yeah, I, I can empathize with them. I think playing out of position is, is very difficult. Left tackle is one of those positions where it takes years to um, to understand your body, the mechanics and everything that goes into it. Um, tell me, what, do, what are your expectations for, for this game this week? What, do you, what are you expecting to see or what are you hoping to see? Well, Kiwi, I think what we're going to see is uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game between two teams still trying to find their way. You know, the Steelers are not the Steelers that we've known. These are not the Roethlisberger Steelers. Trubisky's having a real tough time. I think there's a lot of fans here that want them to make that change to Kenny Pickett, that quarterback. I'd be shocked if that happened today. I think Trubisky will probably ride it out today. Uh, The Steelers have had some issues on defense. You know, we talked about the impact of Watt not being there. They're not the same defense without him. And the Jets 
have had all sorts of problems, as we know, on offense. And, and I think today you're going to see a lot of Brees Hall, a lot of Michael Carter. So fantasy uh, owners be you know alert that because it's raining right now. I think the rain is going to stop, but they, I think the fields might be a little chewed up. They played last night, the uh, Pitt and Georgia mm. Tech. So oh, yeah. I, I see a low-scoring, running, ugly type of defensive game today. I, Again, I Rich Samini. Go, I'm sorry. Remember. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kiwi. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I do remember that field. They they don't they, they play like a high school game. They have a college game, and then by Sunday you're the third game. And I don't know who told them that sand is an acceptable replacement for grass, but <laughs> it, it does have a tendency <laughs> to get chewed up pretty bad. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah, ho- hopefully they. I'm sure the groundskeepers probably worked all night on it. I haven't seen the field yet, but uh, I'll be tweeting about it as soon as they get to the press box. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You've got a, a, a column about Elijah Moore. Is he the most forgotten wide receiver in the NFL this season? Um, you know, knowing and I was talking about like Daniel Jones, his best friend pretty much on the team is is Richie James. And, you know, it happens to be his number one wide receiver. Is is there a wide receiver uh, that that Zach feels more comfortable with? And, and is it Elijah Moore because of uh, because of their, you know, th- their time together? You would think that would be the answer, but if you look back on it last year, they didn't play a whole lot of football together because their injuries really didn't coincide with each other. Zach missed the la- missed four games, and then when he came back, Elijah Moore got hurt and missed the last five games. So they never really had a chance to develop uh, an in-game rapport. Um, and then so Zach, you know, didn't get a chance to play a lot with Corey Davis last year. I think he has a really good rapport with Braxton Berrios. I mean, they're best friends, and so I think that's carried over to the field. So you might see more Berrios today. The, the story I wrote today was – it was kind of interesting because Elijah Moore, they're using him differently this year. I think he's running more vertical routes than he's used to in the past. And they're really not targeting him as much. You know, I think Garrett Wilson has become the flavor of the month, and deservedly so. And Garrett Wilson's a very talented rookie. But I think there's a way to get Elijah Moore and more involved. You know, using him more in the slot, you know, getting him in space on some quick throws. So you would think the Jets would try to do that today. Uh, last thing, uh, last thing for me um, and and Rich is is talking about the tempers that um, that flowed uh, we saw on uh, on the sideline between, of course, the defensive line and and the, uh, the the defensive coaching staff, and then of course they came out and kind of uh, some some interesting comments, right? Uh, some people perceived as throwing their players under the bus. Uh, kind of paint that picture for us and what happened this week. Yeah, Quentin Williams was at the center of both of those controversies. And uh, so, yeah, everybody saw the argument on the sideline. Uh, I think uh, I think there's more to it than that. I mean, obviously that was more than just Quentin, you know, telling the coach that, you know, they don't want to blitz as much. I mean, anybody who saw Quentin Williams could tell that there was more going on there than, than was being told to us in the media. And as for the, uh, the Jeff Ulbrich situation, he was not throwing Quinnen under the bus. I know Jeff Ulbrich, he would never criticize a player publicly. Even if the player deserved it, he still wouldn't criticize him. He just doesn't do that. Now, did he say something he shouldn't have said? Yes. Uh, you know, he said for the fans who didn't get, you know, get wind of that, you know, he, he was trying to make a point in explaining their defensive line rotation. And he said something about, you know, you can't, 
you know, as you turn around and you see Quinnen on the sideline gasping for air, mm. was not questioning Quinnen's conditioning at all. But I could see Quinnen being upset with that. And I, I gather he probably was because he retweeted. He was on social media, declined to talk to reporters on Friday. From, if I were in Quinnen's shoes, I would probably be a little upset with that as well. It's like, why is my coach calling me out? I'm the best player on the defense I'm in great shape why would he make a comment like that so I think Ulbrich and Quinnen need to if they haven't had it already a little sit down to clear the air there so uh solid you know swept it under the rug we haven't heard from Ulbrich again uh, again he was not doing it deliberately however it was a poor choice of words uh, Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Always great having you on. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, Rich has a great podcast out there. It's called Flight Deck. Make sure you check it out. Uh, big day for uh, for for uh, Jets fans with Zach Wilson's debut against the Steelers. So we appreciate you joining us, Rich. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Talk to you next week, guys. You got it. Thanks, Rich. And again, uh, that Jets injury report brought to you by Total Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine. Total Ortho Express is Long Island's premier orthopedic immediate care where no appointment is needed. After all, time doesn't heal wounds. They do. I don't know about you, Kiwi, um, but <laughs> but Rich saying that, uh, Zach, two things that stood out to me, and I want you to marinate in this when we take a break. We come back, uh, and we've got uh, Mike Tannenbaum, who's going to be joining us on the show a, he did not have a good week of practice. B, <laughs> the locker room is missing Joe Flacco. Those are two big red fans. I don't know about you. We'll talk to Mike T when we get back as well. 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.